Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Happiness is such a trending subject out there. And Maura Sweeney is my guest today. And she believes that we should all live happy inside out. And I am so on the same page with her. And I'm so excited to talk to her. Whether you're a college student, a millennial or a senior executive, Maura Sweeney has something for you. She's also known as Maura for you because she's a natural coach and mentor. She's an author. She's an international speaker. She has a podcast of her own, and she contributes regularly to the Huffington Post. Her mantra, as I said, is living happy inside out, and she inspires so many people toward that pursuit in both her business and her life. She is a former corporate manager and business owner. She was a homeschooling mom who recreated herself in midlife. I love that. We all want to be inspired by people like that. And she calls herself the 21st century cultural journalist. And this is her new lifestyle career and vocation that allows her to do what she has always been, as she says. She's passionate about people and finding what's best in all of us. And she shares her transformative thoughts and stories in various forms of media and through her Amazon series, The Art of Happiness. Morris traveled to over 50 countries, and she imbues her work with an eclectic blend of timeless inspiration. Maura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know we're going to be besties. Connie, I feel the same way. Isn't that great when we have opportunities to meet people we never would have known otherwise? Yes. We find synergistic uh, places. Fellow podcasters. I love it. Tell us about your work and your podcast, of course. Uh, Well, first of all, I'm listening to what you gave as my intro, and I hear this living happy inside out, and chances are likely that your listeners are thinking, well, what exactly does that mean? Because for me, it's a life mantra. When I say living happy inside out, this has been a life pursuit for me. I look at the world not so much as how do we constantly try to mimic what else is going on in the world, which is always a moving target. We never seem to be good enough. We never seem to fit in enough. Instead, how can we go within, become familiar with with those things that are important to us internally in our hearts and our souls and our interests and our passions and cultivate those kinds of things in our lives so that as we do our decisions, our lifestyles, our pursuits, our careers, our relationships all flow out of a good and healthy central heart space. And the other thing I wanted to share is to tell people what I do. It's too long because I'm over 50. I've had so many life experiences, but this much is true. 
Whatever I write about and speak about and share about today at any level is the culmination of everything I've always been. And that is a person who loves others, who sees the best in others, and who behind it all sees a very benevolent backdrop to the world. And I try to introduce that to people so that really everything we do, everything I hope to inspire others with is the feeling that when we know where we come from, we can live as beneficiaries in this world. World, rather than thoughtless victims, always at the mercy of circumstances that happen to occur around us in life. Mm, so I, does that give enough of an Oh, overview? totally, totally. I am so on that same page with you. I believe if we, if we all just had a little more faith and trust and know that we are all divinely here for a purpose and everything is really happening for our greatest good, I think it just helps us to relax because the... In looking at the world today, it is a scary place. And what you just said just helped me help me breathe a sigh of relief. And I'm sure it did to anybody else who's listening out there. If we can just all come to that realization that we're all here, first of all, to love one another and mm-hmm. and just feel embodied and happy, happy from the inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but how do we get there? And and one of the things I thought, I, I have a feeling you're going to be a regular on my podcast. So I'm just, we're going to talk about a specific subject. And you, in the art of happiness, I guess you have a lot of different subjects that you write about. And one of them is judgment. And you tell such a funny story about your mother-in-law and judgment. To, first of all, talk a little bit about how judgment can get in the way of our happiness and living to our fullest potential and then tell this funny story about your your mother-in-law and I would love to this is probably one reason why I said I wasn't ready for prime time until this point in my life (laughs) I write about things that I find to be so common for everyone no matter where we live what culture what background what age we're in but my story that focuses in on judgment reinforces the fact that we all judge this is a society and a world where people judge anything that is unfamiliar, anything that's outside of the scope or the norm of what feels familiar and comfortable to them. So not only do we find people judging us, but we also fall prey and participate oftentimes in the same thing. Well, I happen to use uh, in my book series the story of meeting my future mother-in-law for the first time. Now, this goes way back to when I was in college in 1978. My husband and I had met at Boston College where we we were both sophomores, and we were both from New Jersey, different parts of Jersey, but we met really in a, I would call it neutral territory. I didn't mind what his ethnic background was, and he didn't care about mine. It was, you know, really made no difference until... I got on a train and uh, went to our, our state's capital and met up with my future mother-in-law, knowing in advance that she didn't want to meet me and I was spending the overnight there. I tell the story, first of all, of my never having been to our state capital, which looked when I arrived as if it was set in time a few decades earlier and even a generation or two earlier. And I talk about going into this woman's house. And the funny story is this, you know, when people judge, oftentimes the judgment is something we carry in our mind. We don't so much verbalize it. Mm -hmm. But it's with us. And what it does, and this is important for every listener to hear, is that it invades our perception. 
We actually view the world based upon how we think internally. Again, these are thoughts that we don't always speak aloud, but I end up um, at this woman's house. I already know that she's not interested in meeting me. And I sit down at a kitchen table with four of her sisters with a niece and with a future sister-in-law, all of whom have the unifying um, background of having been born Polish. Now, it could be Italian, it could be German, it could be Slovak, it doesn't matter. But they were all Polish and I was not. And I tell the story of what it was like sitting over tea and coffee with all of these women. And I refer to it as judgment, the Polish Inquisition, because we could all (laughs) laugh and think, you know, there was a time in the past where there were inquisitions in Europe because not everybody was Orthodox Catholic. And here I was, and you could hear the story and the questions going back and forth about how they are each interrogating me in a quite a nice way. It was not mean, but all about my background and every single question they asked came from their point of view. And there was nothing in my life experience that matched the few things that did. I still was terrible at, I failed every, every lesson they gave me every, every ball they sent my way. I couldn't bat, you know, I couldn't bat it back. If people would like to read that book, I would be happy to send it to them uh, for free by email because I think they will be roaring. And what happened? This is the other side of it that because I'm both funny and serious as well. I spent over close to 40 years knowing this woman who never really warmed up to me. And there were obviously many times in my life where I tried so hard to get her to like me. But the fact of the matter was she didn't choose me. I wasn't Polish and I couldn't be Polish. So I use that as an opportunity for people to listen to one story and go in and hear the stories of their own lives. We have ways in which we have X'd people out of our lives because they don't measure up or match up with what our expectations are. And we've had people do it to us. But Connie, the good side of it all in life experiences is that if we see them through the right lens and if we see them as beneficiaries in life, we can grow and mature and gain insights, wisdom, compassion, grace, maturity, humor, and so many things. Oh my gosh, Um, yes. We We can, and that's what I try to convey. And the other thing too is, you know, I would hope not everybody has to take as many decades in life to learn some of the life lessons I have. So I write and share so that people could kind of pick up on some of these ideas vicariously and move themselves forward in the happiness uh, meter. Yeah, (laughs) yes. Because I mean, think about it. Think about how many relationships we would miss out on just because we judged. We prejudged. We it's the root of prejudice, prejudging. Yes. Yeah. And and what how much more happy could we be if we would just eliminate judgment from our lives and accept people as they are? You know something, Connie, let me tell you something that is so powerful. You're you might even find this stranger, maybe some of your listeners were. You are right. I when I was a little girl, I saw everyone as my friend. I did. This is the way I came into the world. And that's why I tell you, this is a lifetime vocation for me. Everyone I saw in my life as my friend, maybe a distant relative, but nothing in me 
would necessarily look for someone or look for an element in someone not to like them. And yet, do you know that today, whether I am at the mall, crossing a street in a foreign country, in a distant city, walking into a restaurant, it does not matter. Connie, do you know people will see me even from cars um, and I might be in my car and they smile at me? Mm. So what I'm getting now is I am receiving back from others the very thing that I'm sending out. I send out a heart of love that doesn't judge. And I get responses from hearts that are probably already out there searching for some friendly face. And there's never a motivation. I mean, these are perfect strangers, but these are people that will literally see me from a car and they will smile as if they already know me. That is the belief I came into this world with. It doesn't mean that everywhere we go, we're going to see it. But more and more as we carry that mindset and it's truly who we become, our experience in life becomes kinder, gentler, safer, and far more expansive. And you mentioned that I've traveled to over 50 countries. I just came back from four weeks in the Balkans with, um, and I spoke at several universities in a business conference and met up with so many people. Most of them know the English language, but not all. I have to tell you this. There were people that saw me and hugged me because they could sense what I had for them. So there are parts of us and there are pieces of us that come out of our heart of love that so cross cultural boundaries. Totally. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because, first of all, I do believe we can't judge a book by its cover. And we we are laughing at your story about your mother-in-law, but really, it's a serious subject. And and you know we i live here in, in maryland and less than 20 miles from my home we had those riots in baltimore recently and you know it's just something's got to give we are such a global society now like you said and we all have to learn how to live together and how to accept each other differences and all warts and all beauty and all i mean we are all here we're all different as my grandfather used to say every, everybody's different and nobody's perfect. So how do we do that? How do we uh, bring that that essence that you talk about having to a society and, and change things? Maura, come on. Ooh, Give I us love some your, hints. I love your question. <laughs> how do we do it? It's always a mindset, which is why I always go to living happy inside out. When we see people, do we look for a reason to X them out? Do we look for a reason to bar them or do or judge them, whatever? Or do we look for a reason to see what's there in the way of appreciation? I have this ability, maybe it's innate, but it is, it's all the time. And the more, the longer I'm here, the more it happens. I look at every person as a gift. I look at them as a gem. I don't necessarily even, believe it or not, oftentimes I don't remember what people's faces look like. I don't remember names. I don't even remember their colors, but I'll always tune in to something in their heart or their spirit or a personal story mm. that tells me something about their courage, their uh, creativity, 
their ideas, their life stories, their anything that makes them special, anything that makes them unique, anything that that gives me something to think about, marvel about, and raise my thoughts about just life in general. And so as I cultivate that methodology of thinking and I ask questions like that, I believe that the barriers continue to come down. You know, one of the reasons why we judge is because it's all fear. It is all fear. And I'm sure you've heard it said that really we, in truth, are, we are love. We are universal love. So if we go toward that piece of universality, meaning you're another version of me, you are like me, but you've had a different life experience. So share with me a little bit of who you are. And as you share those good things, the good things within me are going to resonate and relate. And so I relate to people in what's familiar and common rather than what's unfamiliar and uh, and frightful. Mm, I love and that. One more thing I just mm-hmm. need to add this. You know, when it comes to <laughs> judging, we don't even need to talk black, white. We don't need to talk about ethnic groups. We don't need to talk about going around the world. Don't you remember years ago how people would always say, ah, they grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Oh. There are people in town. They don't like you if you came from the other side of the street. And so that's a very common thought. And we need to think differently and retrain our minds on the inside so that the world that projects itself to us becomes a function of our thought life rather than the thought life of society that imprints itself repeatedly upon us. Do you see? It's, yes. it's a reversal of the of – the, uh, of the trend. It is. It is. And just like, just like so many things I find, it's a practice. And so if someone is not maybe born with the gift that you have, and I believe I sort of have that too, I, I feel like I read souls. I see a soul or I, I sense a soul when I meet a person for the first time. And I, I'm the same way. And I thought that was a, I thought the fact that I couldn't remember faces was a, a, a real flaw but i'm starting to see that it's be, it's for that exact reason that i i really sense the essence of a person more more uh at first glance i guess at first meeting than i do the uh the out exterior so that's a good way of saying it sensing their essence and you know there's another deeper thing we don't realize that when we do sense someone else's essence and we're looking what essence think about something that's ethereal it's higher minded it's of a better order if that's what we're relating to in people we're actually turning them on in a sense we're turning their light on we are allowing them or giving them permission to see themselves as they are in truth Mm. and Mm -hmm. that it not only helps our lives to be better when we practice that as a routine in life in our relationships but what we're doing is is almost quietly teaching others to do the same and then we're allowing them to express their essence or giving them permission to express themselves from their essence rather than from whatever weakness or shortcoming or divisional sector of society they come from 
Sure, sure. Now, let's talk about uh, on a personal basis, like how how would you suggest we neutralize judgment in a relationship such as the one with your mother-in-law? Did that evolve into a more peaceful relationship over time? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I I just said to my husband earlier, I need to fit, give a, a conclusion to that book. Yes, yes. I will tell you this for many years, especially as I was bringing up our daughter and trying to teach her the right way we teach others. My my daughter was so intuitive. She would always notice that we were being, you know, really put to the side. It was just really funny. Um, if funny now in retrospect, but not going through it. But here's what I would say. Always look for to continue on in what you know is best rather than responding in kind to another's sense of rejection. You know, it's very interesting that oftentimes when people reject someone, there's a piece of them that feels rejected. Mm -hmm. So we can practice the opposite, which is, oh, you're going to reject me. I'm going to reject you. I never did that with my mother-in-law. Never. I just got away from trying to please a person that really didn't have the capacity to be pleased because of that issue with, um, I'm not Polish. I couldn't get past it. So I just kind of let it go. But <laughs> that is so funny to me. Funny thing? This is too funny. It's not in the book, but my husband and I laughed uproariously 37 years after I met Mrs. Sweeney. And by the way, this is like no private thing. Uh, and it's not like we had a frosty relationship. It just, it never warmed up. She was just a really strong woman who had many, many excellent qualities of her own. Very generous. But she was getting near the end of her life. And my husband would repeatedly go up north and help relieve his sister who was caring for her. So a few days before my, my mother-in-law passed away, my niece happened to step into the room. She's in her, you know, she's probably close to 30 now. And she said, you know, grandma never did like Aunt Maura. <laughs> I'm thinking my mother-in-law's in the next room lying down. She's probably thinking that's true. I never really did. And then we get to the cemetery, the day in which my mother-in-law was being buried. So we're in her hometown, Trenton, New Jersey, which of course at this point is like a Detroit. We go there, they pull up and we notice, or my husband notices that right where they're about to put my mother-in-law's um, coffin in the grave, immediately across from there, as in like within eye distance is another gravestone with the Himalevsky's name. And do you know what Mrs. Sweeney, my mother-in-law would always say, what about Mary Elizabeth Himalevsky? Why couldn't you have married her? So my husband said, Maura, even with her dying breath, even as she's going down to the grave, she's still getting the last word in. It should have been Mary Elizabeth Himalevsky instead oh, of you. Oh my gosh. And I have to add that, in, but you know what's good? we can really all supersede and transcend the fears of other people by seeing it bigger, brighter, and from a greater level and just find humor in it. And I'm telling you, I laughed so much when I wrote that story because it delivered me of a lot of my youthful fears of, oh, I'm, this is unfamiliar territory for me. I don't know what's important to them. I don't know if I'm measuring up. And see, that's all of that is really a self-talk we come from in society. It's that we measure ourselves against others. We find that we don't measure up. We don't know enough. We don't know how to play the game. We don't know the rules. But there's a part of us that can transcend it and really look beyond it and just see beyond, I want to say beyond the static and say, you know what? I love that person anyway, because all they are is another individual that's, that's 
part and parcel caught in the place of fear in this world. Mm. And I just want to be a conveyance of acceptance to them. Whether or not they ever accept me back at some deep level, they know I've accepted them. I might have to accept their essence and not their behavior, but I can accept them. Yeah, And it's very freeing. Yeah, so freeing. And I just want to thank Mrs. Sweeney for allowing us to use that example, because I do feel like we waste so much time judging and pushing people away because they're different from us when we could be live, we could be happy. We could just be happy. <laughs> You're right. And we could learn and embrace so much from the skills, the talents, the knowledge base um, that other people have. Yeah. Different is not always bad. Different can be so enriching to our lives. Yeah. With that said, Maura, let's, maybe we could do this because we know visualization, visual, visualization is very powerful. Let's create a picture of what it would look like to live in a world where there there is very little judgment and we just accept each other for who we are. How how do you think it would go? Do you have any ideas about that? Do you know, I heard something on a YouTube video the other night, because sometimes before I go to bed, I'll listen in on to anything that really inspires me. And something came to mind. I heard somewhere that we are, and you've heard this, various ways to say the same thing. We're really a spark of divinity that is clothed in a body. When I envision the world as it seems to me, I see it all with this cast of a pale, um, very kind and gentle light. Can you imagine the light of dawn that is just only speaking of a brighter day that the more it, the more the sun rises, the happier you become. And that's what lives inside my mind when I view my outside world, because my inside world is like that. But imagine that it has something to do with an early morning time and that light sunshine is starting to show itself not only over everyone but inside and through everyone so as we look at others what we're really seeing is just another reflection of ourselves and the less afraid and the more we know ourselves the more we will greet others the same way in love in gentleness, in kindness, and in the very inward desire that says, I do want to know you because you're another version of me. And really, if you look at it that way, there's something in that visualization that reminds us we all came from the same source. We exist on a certain level within that source. And ultimately, we will find our home again in that source. And that source is the unity of love. Mm, that's beautiful. I love the image of the morning light. That's it's one. Of, well, it's one of my favorite times of day, <laughs> along ah. with along with the evening evening light and mm. and the mid midday light. I just <laughs> you just like light. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's all good for me. Thank you so much, Maura. If someone wants more information about you and your writings, and they want to get a copy of that uh, that ebook that you you are so generously offering to our listeners, how can they find all of that? Very easily, Connie. My uh, website is my name, Maura, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A. It's like the name Laura, but with an M. Maura, number four, letter U, dot com. Maura, 
moraforyou.com. They can write to me, mora at moraforyou.com and say, can I have that funny book on judgment? And I will send out um, a PDF copy to them. And at on my website, they can connect with me through on Huffington Post, through my podcast. They can order more books. They could read my blogs. I have 200 videos. And all of it is always designed around that whole thing to inspire people to see happiness in their own world from the inside out. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful work you're doing. And I love that your book is The Art of Happiness and and you just painted that beautiful picture of the the sun and the light. And maybe there's someone out there who's a, a better artist than I that could create recreate that for us and give us something to hold on to for our uh, our non judgmental world that we're envisioning. So I'll put that out there. I like that. Somebody, I, like that I hope somebody's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Maura. I hope you'll come back on the podcast and we'll have another talk about another awesome subject. Connie, thank you so much. This has been more than a pleasure. You have no idea. So thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you. I appreciate you. Back to Happy. A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.